KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Hey, it's Matt Leon. In lieu of a regular episode this week, we are going to focus on the Eagles' appearance in Super Bowl 57 with a few special episodes. We will start with a conversation with Joe Valerio. Now, he was a guest on One on One back in episode number 56 as we talked about his career as an offensive lineman at Ridley High School, the University of Pennsylvania, and in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs. In this episode, we will dip into Valerio's unique knowledge of both the Eagles and the Chiefs. Of course, he lives in this area, but he still covers talks about Kansas City as co-host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast. We will look at the matchup in Super Bowl 57, talk about what the keys are for both teams, and much, much more. Give a listen. So first of all, Joe Valerio, thanks for coming in and tell us a little bit about your podcast that you're waist deep in Chief stuff week in and week out looking back at your former team. Yeah, Matt, it's uh, been a lot of fun uh, working with the Believe Podcast Network. It's B-L-E-A-V. So we do a podcast uh, called Believe in Chiefs. I do it with a partner of mine, Jeff Fedoten, who uh, writes for Forbes magazine. He's a Kansas City native, so he's well-versed in, in all things Kansas City. And, you know, I've been covering the Chiefs now for, you know, two and a half years uh, on the Believe Network, and it's been a lot of fun, uh, really immersing myself back into Kansas City culture and and the team and, and the goings-on, and it sort of forces me to stay on top of things. So, you know, and in, and in kind of coincidentally, I also do, uh, you know, a radio spot uh, in, in the Philadelphia area as well. We talk, you know, a lot about the Eagles. We talk a lot about the NFL uh, we call that a cup of Joe. We do that on, uh, you know, on a local station. So, you know, I feel like I'm pretty well prepared going into this uh, Super Bowl for having a good understanding of what these two teams are all about. Before we get into X and O's, you've got kind of a unique perspective because being from this area and you played several years in Kansas City and obviously what you're doing now with the podcast and everything. But these are fan bases, I think, that are very similar in their passion in kind of the chip on their shoulder in a good way when anybody tries to to come in like they're they're kind of similar aren't they yeah they're very similar as different as it might be geographically you know and demographically when you look at the midwest of Kansas City and tons of farmland around it's small city right it's in the market that's probably in the 40s or 50s as as it relates to like media markets and then you get a top 10 market like Philadelphia a little different that way population wise but man passion wise Absolutely a ton of parallels. Um, the thing, I think Philadelphia fans probably just a little more gritty because of being on the East Coast. Um, but both fan bases, uh, you know, are weathered and and war-torn because they kind of rode the same wave of, you know, um, you know, the Chiefs had a resurgence in the 90s, right? Going back to at least the era, the six years that I was in Kansas City, you know, there was a real resurgence from some bad teams. I mean, couldn't get the stadium a third full. And then you look at some of the teams that struggled, you know, uh, in Philadelphia, you know, during those 70s and and, and sometimes 80s periods. Um, obviously, we had the Super Bowl team um, in 80. Uh, but then there was like a dip. The Chiefs had a dip. And then in the 90s, it really started to come together for both the organizations, right? The Buddy Ryan era in Philadelphia, Donovan McNabb, to go to the playoffs, the Chiefs when I was there, you know, we were playoff team every year. And they kept that that going, and then all of a sudden, bam, they both win Super Bowls after really long droughts. I mean, like, really long droughts, you know, in the mid-2000s, and it's like, wow, like, these two teams are living parallel lives, and here we are again. Um, and then, Matt, 
the the number of connections between these two cities it's it's definitely disproportionate. Uh, when you start thinking about just from the era when I was in Kansas City, you know Carl Peterson coming from the Eagles and the Stars to be the general manager and president of the Chiefs brought with him a whole bevy of Eagles people and Philadelphia people. Um, you know not just not just related to the Eagles, but also people who were business people in Philadelphia and brought a real big market feel to the town. Names like. Uh, Herm Edwards obviously was was huge in the Chiefs organization. Uh, Carl uh, Hairston, Big Daddy, um, uh, John Bunning, Lynn Stiles was director of personnel. Terry Bradway was a Philly guy. Uh, Tim Conley, who worked for Bell Atlantic as a business ops, came out and ran business operations for the Chiefs. So, and then that's just like front office, of course. And then you go into the Dick Vermeil era in right. Kansas City. You know, and then obviously now Andy Reid, um, you know Nick Sirianni to a certain degree um, had his time. But players, ton, definitely a disproportionate number of players in the, from the Philadelphia area that have gone through the Chiefs organization. To name a few guys that just from my era, Bill Moss, Marple Newtown High School, you know, Todd McNair, Deron Cherry, um, you know, uh, just Kevin Ross, Bill, you know, just guys that just had Philadelphia roots. Matt Blunden, my high school teammate from Ridley. You know, we just had uh, – there just seems like a the I-70 – I-76 pipeline yeah. to, no, it, to, to Kansas City. No, it's really something. When you look at this matchup, it's fun to have the two best teams, number one seeds in both conferences. And what is the first thing that jumps out at you from a football standpoint, from an X and O standpoint, when you start to think about this matchup? What's at the top of the list things you're looking at? I'm looking at the fact that these two teams are very, I guess, complementary or not mirror image, but they're very similar in in a, probably 90% of their game. I think their defenses are very similar. Their defensive line is is a disciplined rush group. They, they're good at getting sacks, but they're also good at containing quarterbacks, stopping the run, relatively young defensive backfield, middle-aged kind of linebacking core, uh, solid, quick linebackers who are very physical. So their defenses are very similar. I think you're going to see uh, quite a similarity between the two defenses as you really dig into it. Their offensive lines, going to the other side of the ball, offensive line, both probably the top two offensive lines in the NFL. I think the Eagles might have a slight edge from tackle to tackle in the way that they've consistently played this year. But nonetheless, a mauling-type offensive line that has a passion about protecting their quarterback and does a really good job of controlling the line of scrimmage for the most part in Kansas City for the Eagles all the time. I think this offensive line, I believe they're the best offensive line in the NFL. Um, I think the running back core is very similar. When you look at, at the, the body types, you know nobody has a Derrick Henry or an Earl Campbell or a Walter Payton or a Barry Sanders, you know, Jamal Charles, go back to an old Chiefs name, Priest Holmes. Nobody has that dominant running back. Um, they're, they're scat backs. They're quick. They take advantage of holes. Uh, they take advantage of getting involved in the pass game and, and getting in some trickery, you know, some trick plays. Um, they're everything. See, see all these parallels? Mm-hmm. Now here's where it gets different. Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and the receiving core. I'm sorry, I forgot about the receiver. Very, I think, similar receiving core. Diverse. You don't have, like, all speedsters, all big guys. Very similar receiving core. Um, I think the Chiefs may have a little bit more of a diverse receiving core in that they have like one of each. You know, they've got the speed guy in McCall Hardman and the pickup that they had with Kadarius Tony. So I think, but with MVS, they've got the back shoulder guy that they never had before. Not quite as big or as, as dominant as Antonio Brown, but a little bit similar. 
But the Chiefs do have a, a pretty a good uh, guy in in Juju Smith Schuster. He's he's a possession type receiver. Reminds me of like a, an Edelman, Julian Edelman, like a guy that's going to catch everything that comes his way. So receiving's a little bit different, but still similar. They're, you know, they're they're not they don't have five guys across the board that are just going to burn down the field. Back to my comment: uh, the quarterbacks couldn't be different. I mean, both extremely playmaking uh, in their ability. But I think I think Jalen Hurts. Um, I think, believe it or not, and my my Chiefs fans and friends are going to like be like, "What? Patrick Mahomes is magic. Nobody's going to doubt it. The guy does things with the ball and his body that not a lot of quarterbacks can do. He's been to five straight AFC championships, three Super Bowls in the last five years. I mean, come on, it's he's magic, and the things that he does on the field are pretty amazing. But when I look at the game-changing ability that somebody like Jalen Hurts has, I actually have to give a leg up to Jalen Hurts in this game. And I think that's where – that was a long answer to a short question, Matt. But I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the difference maker and the key in this game for, for the Eagles because of what he does with the RPO. It's, it's unlike anything that the Chiefs have seen all season. They've played against some really mobile quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Uh, Derek Carr, uh, Josh Allen, right? Dominant. A bunch of names that anybody would love to have them as quarterbacks on their team. They're all guys who can find the pocket within the pocket. Other than Josh Allen, um, none of them are really going to win the game with their feet. They're going to find spots in the pocket. They're going to pick their spots to run when they can. But Jalen Hurts, this RPO thing, I think is a game changer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And and the fact that Jalen Hurts does it so well is what makes it special. We need to take a break. We will have more with Joe Valerio right after this. This is one-on-one. And we are back continuing our conversation on one-on-one with Joe Valerio. It's interesting to me. I did a story yesterday, and I actually went back to when the Eagles and Chiefs played last season. Uh, in week four, Chiefs won 42-30, and it wasn't really that close. But Tyreek Hill went bonkers in that game. I think 11 for a buck 86 mm-hmm. and three touchdowns. It seems to me without him, you talked about the quality of the receivers, but Tyree kills a unicorn when it comes to what he can do and what he forces you to do defensively. Are the Chiefs not quite the explosive team that they were a year ago? Still very good offensively, but maybe a little easier to get your arms around just because you don't have Tyree kill first thing on Monday morning. You're writing on the whiteboard when you're preparing for the team. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. Very astute. They, the, Tyreek was actually, I think, um, leaving the team allowed Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coordinator, to become more methodical. They, I think when Tyreek left, it actually increased pages in their playbook. I think they, or maybe it didn't add pages, but it made and forced the Chiefs to use more pages of their playbook, which has given a lot of teams fits this year. And I think it's been... A really good move for the Chiefs, actually. Um, I think they've been able to diversify their offense. Their running game has become a lot more important than it ever has been. You know, they really, really relied on the pass when Tyreek was there. You know, it was it was the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show. And other than that, you know, the running game was there to just, you know, fill a gap. And it wasn't really there to be an integral part of the game. And what Isaiah Pacheco has done, right, local product here from Vineland and Rutgers, uh, he he has added another dimension, and that's what Andy Reid is so good at. He is so good at matching up his players to the playbook 
and matching his playbook to the players. He's not a coach, and he and Eric Bieniemy and, and Spagnola, Steve Spagnola on the other side of the ball espouse the same philosophy. Neither of them are going to say, oh, you're a square peg and I'm jamming you into a round hole because this is my philosophy on offense and defense and you're going to fit it or it's my way or the highway. That is the exact opposite philosophy of that team. They really match their players to the playbook and they match their playbook to the players. And that's what's, I think, allowed for the consistency of playoff runs, Super Bowl run, AFC championship runs. It's been that ability to adapt their players to the playbook and adapt their playbook to the players. One thing that jumped out to me in the AFC title game is they, the Chiefs' defense, the front, was really able to get after Joe Burrow. Number of sacks, had him on the run constantly. How much of that was elite Chiefs' defensive line play and how much of it was subpar Bengals' offensive line play? And I'm not trying to take anything away, oh. but that was it really, to me, as someone who never played organized football, the Bengals really looked like they were struggling just basic protection wise. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's the same. It's the same thing that people were asking me after the Eagles, you know, blow out of the Giants. It was were the Giants that bad or the Eagles that good? There's always that dilemma, right, that you're faced when you see somebody get dominated either in a game or on, on a, in a position group or on one side of the ball. I gotta say, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say it was probably seventy percent the Bengals just not being that good up front. Uh, being injury plagued, not having the right guys in the right spots, and about thirty percent of the Chiefs having a very solid defensive line. You know, they're they're a defensive line that's not going to lose you a game, and it's probably my biggest concern going into this game um, for the reason that I talked about earlier with with Jalen, because what what I think the the Chiefs defensive line is going to have to do is play very very disciplined football. If they let themselves get out of a position, if they pursue too much, get up the field too much, you saw what – because forget – take take Brock Purdy being out of the game. You know, the Eagles still win that game 31-17. Let's, we'll, we'll, spot the, we'll spot the 49ers another 10 points for mm-hmm. Purdy staying healthy. The, Chief, the Eagles dominated that game, and, and they dominated it because of what they did on offense and what they did to that defense and the gashing that was happening with the RPO. And, and I think they were very conservative from what I saw of, of where they were posting Jalen on, on the runs because you could see he was always going opposite his bad shoulder, and he was always RPOing it to the outside where he could either slide if he didn't have anything or go out of bounds. They were not going to let Jalen, especially once things went off the rails for the Niners, they were not going to let Jalen take a hurt take a hurting no pun intended but they they kept him in in they kept him doing it because they had to show the chiefs that Jalen Hurts is healthy and he can run so you better prepare for it they're going to have to take up a lot of mental space and physical space to to stop the RPO cuz that's my biggest fear for Kansas City the biggest advantage the Eagles have is the ability to make the RPO work and hold this line lineman hold the hold the linebackers Bring those safeties up, and then Jalen will go to work with his arm. So if I'm a fan, that's what I'm watching on that side of the ball. I'm curious, as someone who played the offensive line, and you know you got some blocking tight end work, and we've talked many times about your <laughs> pass-catching ability, but Travis Kelsey, I could understand his numbers being through the roof, once again, with Tyreek Hill there, because you had so much respect over the top that – you're going to have a lot of room to move. I can't imagine now that, once again, when teams start preparing for the Chiefs, 
It's in big letters at the top of the whiteboard. We can't let 87 beat us. And what does 87 do? Goes out, catches 14 balls for 120 yards and two touchdowns. What is it about him where you know everybody's focusing on him and he still he doesn't just produce, he is elite. Like, take me through what makes Travis Kelsey so, so good. Yeah, he has an uncanny ability of finding the open space and having that magical connection with Patrick Mahomes that they he just they just kind of know where each other is going to be. And I think that's really the secret sauce. It's his ability to see the open spaces on the field. Beat the zone, right? When he gets into zone, when it, you know he's ma- he's a master against sitting down in zone. You know, he just, it's like he's almost like Shaquille O'Neal as a center, just posting up in the paint. He just finds that open spot and just receives the ball, and then he's pretty magical after the catch too. His his yak or yards after catch is crazy, right? He's he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He he he's got the speed of a receiver, but he's got the size of a tight end. He's just he's got that magical sort of uh, measurables that you would look for. In, in a pass catching tight end, you know, and I think the fact that he acts more like a receiver than he does a tight end. Now he can block and he'll throw a block here and there, but you'll see, especially with with this nagging injury that he has, he's probably not going to be mixing it up on a lot of toss sweeps, you know, in this game. So I think it's I think it's the fact that he's really more of a receiver than he is a tight end that makes sort of it make it makes it look like he's more effective as a tight end. And and he sort of acts like a receiver, if you know what I mean. I, th- I think that's kind of his his secret sauce. And to wrap it up, when you just judging by how you've talked here, it sounds to me like you're leaning ever so slightly towards the Eagles, and the Jalen Hurts is kind of the the wild card there that leads you in that direction. Am I astray in my my context here? <laughs> Not at all. Well, first of all, I'm a Philly kid, right? I played in Kansas City for six years, but listen, I grew up here watching. I, I bleed green, and I can't not root for them. You know, it's not that I'll be disappointed with it, whatever the, the outcome. I just want to see a really great game. But I am absolutely uh, leaning more towards this Eagles team just from the momentum that they have going, uh, some of the dings that the Chiefs are going to be dealing with over the next two weeks, and the fact that the the Chiefs are going to have to spend so much time scout preparing for the Eagles. I think the, the Eagles are going to have an easier time simulating, emulating, and and putting together uh, a scout program for the Chiefs than the than the Chiefs will have putting the Eagles because what we do in scout right what we used to do as players we would run these things called scout cards right so you've got your backups that are going to be okay guys you're going to be the Eagles offense today here put a Jalen Hurts penny on your number you know your number one put a Antonio Brown jersey on your you know you're this number that number whatever and then you got to go out and run the other team's offense I think the, the Chiefs are going to have a really hard time emulating what the Eagles do and trying to simulate what Jalen Hurts can do with the RPO and what Antonio Brown can do uh, in, in sort of complementary to that offense, uh, offensive game plan. So I think the Chiefs are going to spend the next two weeks burning a lot of mental energy trying to figure out how we can muscle memory this defense into stopping Jalen Hurts. Because you can watch all the film you want, Matt. you got to get out there and practice this stuff. And if the Chiefs aren't ready and don't have the right people scout teaming the Eagles uh, for, for their number one defense in Kansas City, it's going to be it could be a long day for Kansas City. That will do it for this special Super Bowl episode of One on One. Thanks to Joe Valerio for sharing his insight. We will have more special episodes this week to get you ready for the Eagles and the Chiefs. You can follow the show on Twitter at One on One Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon Ten Sixty. Thanks so much for listening.